Have you set a course for your life? Do you do that every day? Knowing what you want is intention. Knowing how to get there is a study in conscious action. This is a show about living consciously. It is about our choices, our hopes, our dreams, our work, our loves, our vision, and the practice of healing and becoming. Welcome to Cruising in the Light and Shadow. Hello, I am Sheila Kicha Marie. And I am Inanna Moon. Welcome. And I am very excited to introduce a friend, someone I've known for a very long time. His name is Dennis George Rudolph. And to get started, please tell us a little bit about yourself and the work that you do. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> If I describe what I do publicly at this point, what I do is a combination of teaching and readings. So I do what are usually advertised as psychic readings or tarot readings. And I say they're advertised that way because I'm not usually the one doing the advertising. So I just (laughs) go along with however they want to bill it. Yes. And... It can involve tarot. It used to be the tarot was the main focus. Now it's brought in as needed. It's psychic reading. It's energetic reading. It's remote viewing. It's Ooh, whatever remote viewing. name, whatever name it wants to go by. Channeling, mm-hmm. I would add, channeling um, to a certain extent or mediumship. So yeah, sometimes talking with uh, talking with dead people. Or, talking <laughs> with, or, or other discarded entities, sometimes getting out of the way and they pop in and Ooh. start using me as a mouthpiece. But I don't think of it as mediumship so much because I tend to think of mediumship as being in a particular frame, of frame a, a tradition <laughs> that began with the Fox sisters in the 1840s. Uh, and, yes. Um, yes. Moved on. And, and, that's, and there's ways of doing that that have grown up within that sort of have become somewhat traditional. Uh, the ways that I do it tend to go back to older Western and Northern European ways that have their roots in what's been called the fairy traditions. And um, even before I knew that's what it was called, that's, uh, that's where these ways were coming from. And a lot of the things I do, while some of it was taught by humans and I learned some very traditional ways through human teachers yes a lot of it has also just come directly from the fairy realms and some of that is teachable and some of that I wouldn't know how to teach I just do <laughs> you just know yeah, just do it and I'm sorry before we get into that I don't know this question popped into my mind I have a theory mm. that a lot of our spiritual um, teachers like yourself and uh, just spiritual spiritual beings are um, performers, actors, singers, dancers, musicians prior mm. to, to going down this path? Am I right? Am I close uh, with you? Sort of. I've been on the path since I was a kid, so I, um, but only yeah. doing it publicly since the early 90s, just a few years before I met Inanna. But yeah, in the 80s, I was doing music, playing in punk bands. In fact, driving, driving into Burbank, <laughs> this is one of the places where I'd sometimes come to practice. It <laughs> <laughs> yeah, was not too far from here. Okay. Well, see, there goes my theory. There's, yeah, I've got to write a book or something about all the <laughs> spiritual people in my life that were also former actors or musicians. 
Or still are. Or still are, yeah. <laughs> As a matter of fact. Um, so, the fairy let, realm. Yes. Well, let's, let me ask about... So, I got to know you. Um, mm. <clears throat> I was looking for another tarot teacher. I had been studying the tarot. I had um, been in healing practices and teaching meditation and so forth. And I was looking for one more tarot teacher because I, I stayed with this one for a very, very long time. And I was living in Arcadia at that time and uh, came across Look Within. Um, Which is a store. It, yes, it was a, it was a metaphysical, it was a, he, a wellness center. Wellness. Spiritual mm-hmm. wellness center yeah. is the way Rebecca the, the, the front section was a bookstore. Yeah. The back section was a big room with had all kinds of events. Workshops. In and in between were a couple of rooms that were used for readings and other things. Yes. Mm. Yes. And I always, I, I don't know that you know this, I always say my last tarot teacher <laughs> was Dennis, which of course, actually, I would say the same thing. I'm still learning the tarot <laughs> and every, every mm. client, every spirit guide, it's like, oh, is that how you use this card and what that means? But you All were right. my last physical tarot mm. teacher and the one who shoved me, you and Rebecca shoved me out of the <laughs> nest, was <laughs> basically it. Yeah, it, Rebecca is very good at that. She's <laughs> was she the owner? Yes. She was the owner, yes. and oh. she um, Rebecca Gutierrez. Yeah. I don't think she'll mind. And she <laughs> and she no, she's 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 still. I think her she still has the website lookwithin.com, and she does some public speaking yes. from time to time. Oh, cool! But yeah. she had the bookstore, healing arts center, roughly from. 91 or 92 until, what was it, 97, I think, uh, Mm, somewhere thereabouts. And I'd say quite a few people got their, got their start yet. She was, got their start there. She was very good at observing people and was very selective about who she allowed to work in the store. And about the time one of our tarot classes finished, Somebody had just moved on from working, doing readings at the store. And I remember she told me, I'm thinking, uh, thinking that one. <laughs> and I had no idea she had been listening or watching. Oh, those, she, those, yeah, and she, she's, that's, that was, that is Rebecca. Yeah, I said, yeah, that one. <laughs> and then I, I remember, Aww. I remember when she told you, because I was there when she told you that she wanted to hire you on. And you said, well, okay. Okay, and <laughs> I remember, wow, I'm like a proud papa. You, you've gone from being a student to being competition. Little did I know that was going on. I was, I was totally joking about that. There's no, there is no competition in this. <laughs> there is no competition. There's no competition well, I know that there are no. some who see it in a competitive way. I've never seen it in a competitive Mm-mm. way. Not serious. I joked a little bit. Yes. <laughs> but no. it was totally I a joke. because yeah. Because everybody who needs a reading, a healing, magic work, some kind of help in some way with this, they're going to find who's right for them. Exactly. And the more of us there are to do that, that can do it, do it right, do it effectively, do it with ethics and with effectiveness yes 
everybody will be able to find a fit for them. Exactly. And so there, so there is, there's no competition. Um, I also wanted to ask you, or just because I'm, I'm learning where you are now as opposed to where you were then. But yeah, you it's, were it's also, evolved a bit. Yeah, yeah, it has evolved indeed. Um, you were the first. I had certainly done ritual before, mm. um, but shamanism was what came mm. in with you. And how yeah. did you view it then, and how do you view shamanic practice now? And in the early 90s, I began doing drum circles 1993, I think it was. Uh-huh. And I would, called it shamanic because that's what the woman I had learned these ways from at that time was calling it. It was, it was uh, and when I read the literature, shaman, the you know, Mercy Eliade's shamanism, yes. Michael Harner's The Way of the Shaman, uh, Michael Drake, The Shamanic Drum, yes. various other useful books. At the time, they kind of informed what I was doing at the time, and they fit a model. Now, what do I, what do, I do now is directly within a tradition that doesn't use the term shaman or shamanic because the term is basically from the Tungus people of Siberia and originally is specific to their ways and practices. Anthropologists have taken it and applied it to a group of similar traditions worldwide that have to do with going into other worlds, going into those worlds to meet allies Mm. and teachers and those who can be part of a working team. And then the third part of that that the anthropologists use to label something as shamanic is that these practices are used to help people in this world through healing, through magic, through helping the crops grow or Mm -hmm. whatnot. So that's what the original idea of shamanism was and what it has become. In the meantime, around the world, there have been groups, people doing these things for millennia with no notion of that term. (laughs) (laughs) Of course. Because they have their own name for their their traditions, and there's unique aspects to those traditions. So the Western European fairy tradition is no exception. It has been persecuted. It has been somewhat fragmented, but has stayed Mm -hmm. fairly cohesive throughout that. And the literature within it because writing goes back further in Europe than it does in some of the the traditional cultures. There is more record of what has been done in the past and um, we can see Mm -hmm. how it's manifesting now. And it is a living tradition. It's and like all living traditions, the fairy tradition is a living tradition. And like all living traditions, it changes, it grows, it evolves. Mm-hmm. The only traditions that don't change are dead traditions. <coughs> right. One more thing about tradition, and this was something I learned from um, one of my main teachers in the fairy tradition, um, Bob R.J. Stewart. He said that tradition, by definition, is anonymous. If you can go back to where it began, it's not really a tradition. I mean, look at traditional Ooh. songs. A song that's traditional means that nobody knows, knows where it came it. from. It just it goes just back was. in time. It's yeah. traditional. Yeah. Right. Right. Traditions 
I like that. And so to speak of modern traditions, they're named after people. <laughs> Let's use a few uh, popular ones right now. There's the Gardnerian traditions. Gardnerian There's tradition. the Alexandrian traditions right. and so on. It would be more proper to speak of the ways and practices begun by or taught by or pioneered mm -hmm. by Gerald Gardner or Alexander's or whomever that particular yes. teacher is rather than call it a tradition. Um, hmm. al although around the early 1970s, Raymond Buckland was one of the first people who yes. turned that whole idea on its head intentionally when he developed what he called the Sax-Wicca tradition, Saxon witchcraft. And he said, okay, while all the other people are arguing about whose tradition is the oldest and most ancient, I'm just going to come right out and say it. Mine's the newest. <laughs> this will be cause simple. Because I, I, I just made it up before I wrote this book. <laughs> so I'm going to ask a question of the layman, the, the person who's not into the Wicca and the magic and, and just has been attracted to our show and wants to learn more. So... When they hear the word fairy, fairy, they think Tinkerbell. Tinkerbell sometimes gets short shrift among uh, people that are very serious about fairy magic. And it almost seems oxymoronic to think of serious fairy magic workers. It, it, because I've never met a completely serious fairy. They just, it's, they, <laughs> they, they always have their tongue planted firmly in their in cheek, possibly cheeks. in yours. And, <laughs> and they don't, they tend not to take themselves or humans too seriously. And in addition, they tend to like to take people who do take themselves too seriously down a peg or two. Oh, yes. <laughs> oh, we like that. Yes. Yeah, so they have a slightly different idea of dignity than humans do. They tend to see dignity as being more about being kind and respectful to others oh. and self. So back to popular views of fairy. Many people now, they hear the word fairy, and they tend to think of the Victorian idea of little flower fairies which are these little girlies in yes. the 90s yeah. who are going yes. from flower to flower and they're painting the flowers and they're doing good deeds and they're always chipper and they giggle and they <laughs> tinkle and stuff and <laughs> <coughs> which could be taken two ways <laughs> probably both are accurate truly. But, <laughs> truly but that has almost nothing to do with the original tradition you go back in ancient tradition and the fairy folk are often human size or larger. Ooh. They can be male or female. Uh, they aren't always depicted with wings. They tend to be very mischievous, often playing pranks mm -hmm. on humans, yes. often seeking what in the tales appears to be retribution for a perceived slight. <laughs> Uh, those those stories can be interpreted numerous ways. There's also something very erotic about the realm of fairy, but not in the sense of human, in the, in the, in the human. Right. Um, the way the humans sense. think. The way humans think of it. Yeah, yeah it's, 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 it's not going to be a porn shoot. It's, it's <laughs> something else entirely. <laughs> 
And then getting back to Tinkerbell, you mentioned Tinkerbell. In some ways, she could be seen as almost prototypical fairy, even though she does fit. She's usually depicted as Tiny. rather diminutive, yeah. about Barbie yeah. doll size. She's or smaller. In, in the old plays, she was portrayed by a spot of light on the back of the stage. Right. That's right. right. Yeah. But if you look at her relationship to Peter throughout J.M. Barry's stories, and a lot of people aren't aware that Disney did not come up with Tinkerbell. They, Tinkerbell right. goes back to J.M. Barry's play and later novel, Peter right. Pan, Peter and Wendy. <clears throat> and Tinkerbell is connected with Peter in an interesting way. She's his best friend. She's his soulmate. She's also his spiritual teacher, his protector. Yes. She is fiercely dedicated to him and connected to him. She would kill for him. She would die for him. Mm-hmm. It, it was said that Peter, as the boy who will never grow up, that he was without a heart. Well, Tinkerbell was his missing heart. She was oh. his soul and his soulmate. And within the fairy ways of looking at things, the soulmate is an inner being. It is one's inner spiritual yes. counterpart. Right. What um, in the ballads and in the lore would be the fairy lover or the fairy consort. How do, how do the fairies want to interact with human beings? Or do they want to? Do some of them not want to interact with human beings? Uh, yes to both. There are, there are fairies that really want nothing to do with human beings and can't say I entirely blame them. <laughs> <laughs> I've, I've had those human moments. human beings yeah. who don't want to interact <laughs> with human beings. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Usually they will not be seen on the surface of the earth. And um, maybe this is a good time to talk a little bit about seeing fairies, about their, their nature. Yes. Oh. So we talked a little bit about what they aren't. We talked a little bit about Tinkerbell. And to, but to say exactly what fairies are is almost impossible because to use a term like exactly in connection with fairy, it's like trying to, um, you know, pour smoke from one bottle to another. It's not, it's not going to work very well because the moment you try to define them, they will start showing up in a way that uh, defies the definition. That's just their nature. So they're it, reinventing themselves constantly. Yeah, so you could say they're not those little, they're not the little tiny mm-hmm. flower fairies flitting from flower to flower. Well, then they could just decide what the heck, we're going to show up as little tiny <laughs> maidens flitting from flower <laughs> to flower. So there. <laughs> so there, pretty much. <laughs> so they, and they, if they want to show up that way, they can. Or some of the popular art uh, nowadays that has them as stripy tight little gothy girls and they can show up that way if they want to too. I think you're helping me with my Halloween costume. <laughs> <laughs> Do they make humans fairies? Because there were all the ancient stories of, oh. of stealing baby, fairy stealing babies. Like, they got uh, a bad a cha- rap. It's a changing <laughs> tradition. We're getting way ahead into some of the stuff that doesn't get talked about very much. Ooh. That's okay. us. We yeah. like to do that. I'm oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait. Did you finish your Yeah, thoughts? please. Yeah. Please go. go uh, who, who, who or what are the fairies? Basically, they're said to be of an order between physical and spirit. Okay. So there's something in between. They can be, they're normally invisible. They can become very, very visible in such a way that they seem to blend in with crowds 
people can mistake them for human. Hmm. Oh, that might explain some things in my they, life. They can show that way if they want to. I've, so they I've, might be. I feel I've really witnessed that <gasps> a few times. Do, can we talk to them, or is it just like we can talk with them? So they tend to be normally or ordinarily invisible. They can appear in ways that seem very, very physical, or that, or that if you're really paying attention to them, can be kind of confusing. It's physical, but it's not physical. It's physical, but not in the way that other things are physical. Or it's spirit, it's imaginal, but not in the way that other things are spirit, imaginal. Hmm. Basically, they can be regarded as our closest allies, cousins, and co-walkers on this planet. There's one line of thought that, that says that millennia ago, we had a common ancestor. We had a common ancestor and took off on two lines of evolution, mm-hmm. one in this outer physical world and one in the inner worlds where wouldn't have to deal with the density and the slow move the, 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 the slow motion manifestations <laughs> of the physical right. and yet even within that as much as a lot of fairies are for want of a better word dismayed at what humans have been making of the earth the devastations that yeah. nature has seen on so many the possible suicidal trajectory that the human race has been on. Fairies dis... That was powerful. Fairies dismayed by the suicidal trajectory of humans. Yeah, and that message has been coming through, it turns out, for quite a long time. Yes. I would say that of other spirit beings as well. Yeah, well... Unless they're They're, considered fairy, too. I'm not sure. Yeah. There's an interesting link that a few people in the last few decades have noticed between modern UFO phenomena and the fairy traditions. Basically, everything within the encounters, within the beings that are encountered are the same as what was happening in the Middle Ages and before in the fairy traditions. Fairy abductions, missing time. Missing time. Beings with big heads and almond eyes and (laughs) uh, interesting and unusual sexual encounters and messages warning the human race of an impending destruction. This has been going on for a long time. It's still going on. The message hasn't changed. John Keel, the author of The Mothman Prophecies, and a number of other books, and a very interesting journalist who participated in a lot of the phenomena that he wrote about, he said that the messages about the possible destruction of humanity on the earth, that this has been playing for a long time like a broken record. And he came to even feel that what people are tapping into when they tap into that message Hmm. is a bit like a broken record that this is something that just keeps playing over and over and he he coined the term disneyland of the gods for the way these beings seem to toy with humans that that's interesting um that you you just said um that we we meet them in um Mm. because yesterday i had like the the most interesting um encounter with the I thought he was a homeless man but I mm. don't think he was but 
He actually had a, a medallion. It was a Metatron. Metatron. Mm-hmm. I, I've never seen it before. Metatron's cube. Yeah, the Metatron's flower cube. Of li- flower of life. The Metatron. It was it's Metatron's it's cube. Similar. similar. Yeah. Right. I'd never seen that before. Mm-hmm. And um, he was asking, if he was hungry, so I happened to have a mm-hmm. cliff bar and gave him some water. And then he came over and started talking to me and just started talking about the destruction of Earth and all the planets out there. And he just... And I was just enraptured just listening to him. And then I had to go into the store to, to get my stuff for my animals. And then when I came back, he was gone, which I, I had heard him going to go get a ride or somebody was going to come pick him mm. up. But it was like such an interesting encounter. And I was like, this is, I got to pay attention. This is, this is for me, especially with the Metatron's cube, which I'd never uh, heard of before. So mm-hmm. I'm like, I wonder if he, and he looked, well, I mean, in my mind, it's like, he looked like a fairy. <laughs> And he said he was a physicist, and um, yeah, he said he was a physicist. Interesting. Mm. Well, among among modern UFO phenomena are the round twirling lights that appear like metallic ships. And then when they land, they leave these interesting rings where they take off. Basically, what uh, paralleled in the old traditions of the fairy rings, the fairy circles, and the the circle dance, which could be very very fast. It can be like a whirl of light, mm-hmm. which also links into the idea of as humans, only part of us is physically manifested. That the bulk of who we are could be seen as soul deeper self yes. higher self but that but like an iceberg what we experience in physical manifestation is just the tip of it's that iceberg that. that most of us is non-physical and mm-hmm. there's a popular idea on this sort of you know the latter model of reincarnation that when we're in the inner realms between incarnations then we're there but then when we come here we basically sort of die to that realm and you know we're not there anymore and so we're in this mm-hmm. realm and then we mm. go back no, we never leave that realm. I disagree. We, I, never, we never leave do. that yeah. realm. Yeah. The, de- the deeper you is always there. Mm. And sometimes you, it is possible to be in direct communication with that deeper you mm. and to know when you are in alignment with that deeper you. Yes. And y- you have an infallible guidance system for that. Infallible guidance system. Every human being is born with an infallible guidance system. A lot of what I do in readings and in teaching is to get people to tune into that and to recognize it. Yes. And it never breaks down and it never goes wrong and it can always be trusted. And it's simply how you feel. How you feel. Because mm-hmm. there, your feelings, your emotions, your sense of feeling good, feeling bad, are a measure of just one thing. And that's the distance between you, that inner you, that deeper soul you, and the physical you, the conscious mind that we express in day-to-day mm-hmm. life. Among the Irish and the Scots, the, the Gaelic-speaking folk, the mm-hmm. fairy folk have traditionally been known as the she, among other names. Among the Anglo-Saxon and Germanic-speaking people, they're known as the Alfar, the Elven folk. Oh, yeah. And the main difference between elf and fairy is Gaelic versus, uh, versus Anglo. Okay. Exactly. Actually, actually, fairy is from the French. 
Feiri, which is fey like which comes from the Latin fata, the fates. Oh. All right. All right. So. Are the, um, <clears throat> gosh, this, the <laughs> there's so much. Oh, I want, um, are oh, we oh, in yeah. a, are, oh, yeah. are we then, would you say that this is an illusory life? That we're living, meaning, meaning this isn't, this isn't nearly a reality. The reality is actually what we are as spirit and consciousness. In a sense, it's just a different reality. But when you start using terms, yeah, when you when you start when you start uh, using terms like reality, it could be said that the only thing that's real is consciousness, awareness, and and that everything else is just appearance, and appearance reduces to substance and spectacle. And substance is what we attribute emotional connection or yes. importance to, and spectacle is pretty much everything else. <laughs> <laughs> Considering our last conversation, this is fascinating. All right. Yes. So we talk, we're talking about the inner you, the inner you, soul, yes. psych, psyche, to use the old Greek term, but it doesn't quite equate to the same thing that modern psychology Psycho. uses the term the egoic mind it's is a bit distinct from the psyche all the right. psyche is the all soul right. the psyche is so the psyche yeah. is the psyche soul. is all greek right. anima is the latin term say, yeah. and modern the term we think the of atma the, where th- that then got developed by the greeks into um the atmos and the atom eventually mm. So, so the soul part of you is the greater part of you. Yes. Mm-hmm. All right. And then there's the physically manifested you, and they're both happening at the same time. All right. You're not either alive or dead. You're alive and alive. And alive. You're, right. you're, so when, you're, when you hear something, when you experience something, when you see something, and you feel bad about it, it's because your thought about it at that moment is different from your deeper soul's thought about it. Oh, so it's in conflict. Yes. You're in conflict with yourself. Oh. All right. Bad feeling is always conflict with self. Somebody tells, somebody insults you. Somebody says something bad <laughs> about you. You feel bad. Why? Mm-hmm. Because your inner self knows that that's not true. Your inner self adores you. Basically, your inner self also adores the person who's insulting you at the same moment. At the same time. It, it, yes. And sees yes. things completely differently. So that when terms of fairy communication... And in terms of magic, fairy magic. Because the fairy folk, the she, tend to be a rather fun-loving, joyous bunch. And because when they're in connection with us, they are connected with us there in that place of pure joy. Because they are there in that vortex, because where, where, where the light is spinning, that's where we find them. So when we're feeling joyful when we're feeling good the communication tends to go rather easy when we're feeling bad it feels distant mm. disconnected yeah, yeah. so yeah. when you're dealing with one of a fa- with when you're dealing with a fairy ally or an ally in the among the living creatures plant animal mineral spirits <laughs> mineral spirits like baby oil <laughs> 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 But who's going to say our Jaeger Meister? I don't know why that popped into my mind. A, a, yet another 
Another spirit. Yeah. <laughs> Another discussion. And by, and by the way, judicious uses of um, alcohol and occasionally other consciousness-altering entertainment substances can thin the veils a bit to make the yes. uh, communication I can easier. See that. <laughs> but only to a point. If you know, if you if you do so much, you go blotto. Then yeah. not so much. <laughs> then uh, you're just, yeah. It's not helping. You're at just all. in another realm of sleep. <laughs> yeah, not so much. So when you're feeling good, you're connected with your own inner self. Magic manifestation happens very quickly in that in that state, and fairy connection happens very easily in that state. When you feel distant from that manifestation of what you want takes longer, longer stuff you don't want starts showing up showing more up. yes yes all right and Great. the connection with your allies in the inner world seems to be disconnected broken distant but nobody really moved nobody really moved it's just that your attention is elsewhere and your Well, to, 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 to use, uh, you know, you're not, you're, not in, you're not in the vortex with your deeper self. And your fairy allies aren't going to leave you here. They're not going to leave the vortex. They'll reach out. Mm. But they're not going to step down their own vibration to connect with a vibration no. at that slow. That's, that's why they can seem distant. But they'll do everything they can to reach out. Why would they not low? I I think in terms of that too. That we're mm. to connect with spirit to me is to raise your vibration. Yeah. There are things mm-hmm. you can do to raise your vibration. Oh, yeah. Why would they not lower theirs? What happens or what? <laughs> what is they, the they, they would sense be vibra- they would be vibrating their own nature, violating. Their, they would be violating their own nature to do right. that because okay. their nature is um, is naturally on what we consider a high, a much higher. higher vibration. And I, I want to kind of, um, yeah, touch, touch on that for about a minute. Okay. We talk about high vibration and low vibration. That can sound so etheric, ethereal, and like, how do, I, how do I do that? Do I start, do I, do I have to hum ohms? And, you know, <laughs> and, may, and maybe the vibrational get me up to a high it's, it's a lot simpler than that. You can tell where your vibration is at by a very simple measure. How are you feeling? You feeling good? Right. Feeling happy? You're, you're vibrating higher pretty vibration. high. <laughs> the better you feel, the higher you're vibrating. The worse you feel, the lower you're vibrating. Simple as that. Hmm. And it, that vibration, again, it's a measure of the distance between inner you and outer you, which is also a measure of the distance between your allies in the fairy realms you're working with that and where you're at in this physical plane now it's not a literal distance it's just a distance in terms of vibration it's like it's like they're broadcasting on 107 fm and if you're (laughs) vibrating on you know 56 am you're not gonna be in in the range to pick up on the communication now you said if if uh you leave that that their area they're not gonna leave but you said they they will reach out to you how oh, yeah. how do they be i'm curious is oh, that it, the it'll, it'll it'll be it'll be varied it'll be varied in various ways around about a decade and a half ago um i was involved in a relationship that ended in a very sad way and 
my fairy, my primary ally, my consort, my love in that world, mm. she, um, she suddenly seemed very, very distant. Mm. Very, <laughs> very distant. And there, there, were, there were ways that she would uh, try to get my attention. And looking back, I can see that. It was hard to see at the time. I mean, she would make it really obvious. Um, mm-hmm. like, like shortly after that time, the Heart of Fairy Oracle came out, which, is, which was Brian and Wendy Froud's deck. It was Brian's yes. second deck. It's brilliant. Highly recommended as his first, the Fairy's Oracle. I was feeling so distant. You know, I saw, I saw it when it came out, and I was like, yeah, okay, and I just kept going. Well, a short time after that, it showed up drastically discounted, and in a, in a way that it was like, it's like she was saying, come on, I'll pay for it for you. Come on. And even then, it took me a long time to open it up, and it, it turned out to be you know, a beautiful representation of what she was trying to communicate mm. at that time. Mm. I mean, it's almost like this was tailor-made for my experience. It, it, all, but, it all but said your name, and yeah. this is for yeah, you, pre- Dennis. <laughs> pretty much. Great. But, Amazing. But what I found was I, I'm, this, this started coming together when I asked her one day after, after we had really gotten into the groove again. And so I sat down and I, I knew how to do communicate with fairy in a pretty clear way. And I asked her, I asked my fairy, where were you? What happened? Why did it seem so distant? Why was our, communi- our communication seem to be broken when I needed you the most? And at that moment, my sense of her, my sense of fairy, my sense of connection with the other worlds just seemed to disappear. Just boom, like I'm just sitting in the floor. And it was, it was very disconcerting. Whoa. And a moment later, I heard very distinctly in my left ear, Dennis, I'm still here. It <gasps> <laughs> was her voice. And, th- and, th- and, then, and then the lights came back on, the inner Everything. lights, the sense of yeah. it came back on. And it was basically a way of saying that she never left. She never left. It was my drop, letting my vibration drop, letting myself go through wallow the emotional, in that. Go through your emotional yeah. turmoil, basically. Yeah. Not being and, present. And, 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 and to eventually learn that there are better ways of handling it than the ways I handled then it. Than dropping out. Mm. Yeah. You know, that leads me into wanting to ask about the life force tarot energetics. Mm. I, ah, yeah, that evolved. That's Your evolved. Work. That's evolved since then. That's evolved right. in the last fifteen years or so. Right. And tarot. I first got involved in tarot when I was thirteen years old. No I, wonder you were such a good teacher. My goodness. I, I, I had seen a James Bond movie oh. called Live and Let Die, and oh, Jane, Jane Seymour yes. plays a tarot reader in that <laughs> yes. one. Does he? Oh. God, I really Jane Seymour, see yeah. Oh, Jane Seymour, I love her. Yeah, okay. she, she, she plays a tarot reader named Solitaire. So it's <laughs> about a little over 10 minutes into the film, and suddenly the scene switches to a tabletop like this one, and you see cards being laid out on the table. A man is coming. He crosses the waters. He brings destruction. He's, and it's basically she is doing the reading for the bad guys. Oh, <laughs> oh, like tipping uh, about 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 Bond coming over. Oh, right, <laughs> right. To where they're at, she's she's so that when she first meets him, she's you know he introduces himself. You know, name's Bond, James Bond. Mm. And she goes, 
I know who you are, what you are, and why you've come. You won't succeed. <laughs> oh, <laughs> and, yes. and, and he's like, you know, I you must have a that. remarkable um, intelligence apparatus. And just like, the cards have followed you for me. He goes, yes, that's a most remarkable deck. Am I in there? And she fans them out and says, pick one. And he pulls out the fool. <laughs> and she goes, you have found yourself. <laughs> yeah. So that was my intro to tarot when I was 13. Around that time, the Scholastic Book Club <gasps> yeah. Loved that. Off, offer, offered a set of the Major Arcana. That was my first tarot deck. Mine Not at my too. school. That was mine, Not at my too. school. Oh, my gosh. And then I got scared of it and threw <laughs> it away. <laughs> well, the, the, the fun thing about this particular deck was this was in the early 70s. Wow. And it would have, had the design. It had the name of the card. And then on, forget which was on the top, which was on the bottom. It had the name on the card and then had the name of a popular song that kind of linked yes. into the theme oh, so for the fool it was the yeah. fool on the hill yeah. for the moon it was bad moon rising <laughs> for the devil it was sympathy for the devil oh i love um, for the wheel of fortune it was big wheel so um great now i got that in my head now <laughs> by the mid 80s we were you know in the reagan era and schools were changing a bit and what was being allowed into the schools in the early 70s a lot of experimentation in schools yeah, and they were a lot, a lot more yeah. open to even catholic school not catholic school though i don't know about catholic i don't know <laughs> you're like no. can't help you there <laughs> yes that was my that was my world um, so eventually got a rider white deck and started uh, learning more on my own eventually found a very good teacher out here in sherman oaks who taught me how to use it i mean i've been using it on my own learning it staying it doing readings for people but not in any way that was you know very open or public and uh, birthday and, parties and hangouts and then a wonderful woman named linda k marchena she became my primary tarot teacher she mm. was she was doing readings out here at psychic eye in sherman oaks <gasps> yeah. oh sure yeah. which um, at the time was a very thriving bookstore mm -hmm. teaching center and so on so this was late 80s early 90s and um, she pretty much got up, got me up to speed on how to use this to actually work with people and help people. Beautiful. I, you know, my parents. It's so interesting to me when I think about my parents. And again, mom in particular was a Christian, but they didn't. There wasn't a lot of judgment really about mm -hmm. the tarot and so forth. It was a a, a more open and middle of the road thinking and I mm -hmm. maybe I would attribute that to being yeah going from the 60s into the 70s um, because I had I also had something called the eye of the Kabbalah it was it was sold as a game as a that. game and the eye would turn and it came with tarot cards oh, wow. and a separate from the game I would I started doing readings mm -hmm. for mom and for friends and so forth and then Beautiful. and then there was there was a kind of a th whole thing too in the 70s about being a born again Christian in a very different way than it's discussed now. Hmm. But it was, you know, it's, it was like go back to the Bible, go back to the teachings, and why are you using cards and things like mm -hmm. this? And that's what was scary to me. And so I threw all of that out. Hmm. And yet, the, everything about intuition and using. Um, literature, actually, to know yourself, to know thyself, was mm -hmm. um, was very, very important. So I just find this really fascinating. How it depends on the age you're 
you come in. Um, I think I never let go of that spirituality um, because it was so open mm-hmm. um, and inclu- you know, <laughs> Jesus was inclusive. <laughs> yeah. So is inclusive, as a matter of fact. Originally, Jesus was very inclusive. The, the yes. early Christian church, um, since the discovery of the Nag Hammadi manuscripts in yes. Israel in the, what was that, 1940s? And they've eventually published in the 70s. And yes. the, these were the books of the Bible that were not included in the Orthodox mm-hmm. canon, that were burned, desecrated mm-hmm. by the church, but managed to survive in little pots in the little back pots. of a cave. Yes, right. And eventually were found. And people suspected that there must have been some literature like this. It finally showed up. Yeah and got a greater glimpse of what the early church was really all about. And basically, the early church in the first century was an Asian mystery religion. We have, we have gone back around, and we're coming back to Life Force Tarot Energetics. In, in tr- in, You've in, created in, this. It's a system. Yes. Um, and in true know. fairy parlance, we are not doing things in a linear way. We're working in spirals. Yes. In, in the oldest goddess and fairy traditions, yes. which go together. Yes. Oh, yes, definitely. It, it has been said that Elfame is another name for the goddess. So mm-hmm. fairy la- the fairy lands like and the lady are okay. one and the well, same. Well, uh, Av- uh, Miss of Avalon, that, that was, um, I think, the first time I've ever really heard about the fairy land. Mm. Mm-hmm. She, Morgana, she was the goddess Morgana, who's called Morgan yeah. Lefay. Yeah. 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 Lefay, no Le- coincidence. Yeah, no. there you go. Because <laughs> she was a fairy woman that... Um, there is a lot of fairy lore in the Arthurian legends. And at the end of, this, of all the stories, no matter pretty much which version you go by, he's taken off to Avalon, to the fairylands, by Morgana Le Fay mm, and, her, her. and her <laughs> sister fairy queens. Yeah. Oh. I just got a happy Beautiful. feeling. I really do think that's who I'm going to have to dress up for this Halloween. <laughs> <laughs> she's over there thinking about her costume <laughs> the fairies have told me so what how how do you use life force tarot energetics well life force tarot which i added the energetics on just because just saying life force tarot people didn't always realize that this is basically a system of magic hmm. so energetics seems as good a word as any because a lot of it did have to do with focusing energy through mm. the stillness of the present moment. And the roots of it came during readings. It, I'd be doing a reading for somebody, and sometimes they would ask a question, or they would go in a direction that was pretty unorthodox. And for about a moment, I would think, I don't know how to do that. And then the question would come up, can we do this? And then the download would come, let's do this. Mm. So those ways became the ways I actually did. And eventually I came to the point where I was still teaching tarot classes, but Mm. they were pretty much the way I had taught them in the early 90s. And I realized I wasn't really doing it that way anymore. That that this had evolved quite a bit. Okay, time to teach it the way it I actually do it because it's a lot more effective than some of the older ways. It's still very traditionally based. There's still a lot of that old ways of 
you know, mixing and cutting the cards and connecting with the client or querent. I like that old word. The querent. Yes. The, qu- the questioner. Yes. So ah. connecting with the querent or yourself. <laughs> but it's a, it's a lot more direct. And one of the questions that came up was if you do a reading for somebody, let's say past, present, future. Past, past is pretty much... We know what the past is. We've been there, so it's kind of fixed. The present, we know what it is. That's what we're looking at. And then the future is always potential. So past, present, future. The future is potential. It's not fixed in stone. I used to say at most it's only fixed in cardboard. People people can change their minds. They can change their trajectories. (laughs) But sometimes things just seem inevitable, like there's no way out of this. Well, if you look at the future and you don't like it, what can you do? That's where bringing magic and energy work in a very direct way came in. It was a way of sometimes literally moving the trajectory onto another timeline entirely. Oh. Hmm. Which, which when it's done, and it can be done in the space of a reading, it can be done in the space sometimes of a few minutes. Hmm. And it can entail sometimes a whole new look at the future. So get those cards out of the way. They obviously don't apply them. And sometimes even the past changes. That, and that, <laughs> yeah. That's where things get pretty yeah. weird in the present. People go outside and things that were aren't there anymore. See? Um, to, to, the mm. point, to the point where yes. at one point, one point, after working with this for a few years, there was a point where I was able to literally watch a memory shift where remembering things one way, but that memory just suddenly receded into kind of like this strange background because a different memory just stepped in because something happened differently. They call that, the, I've heard it called the Mandela, Mandela. Mandela effect. Yeah, because yeah. I've been having a lot of those and going, you don't remember this really seriously? I know I'm not losing my mind completely, but... But How come I, I'm the only one remembering yeah. something? Yeah, yeah. And yeah. I, I consider it setting a different intention, and if and sometimes depending on what people are holding on to, it seems to me right there in the room while I'm doing the reading. I say, let's set a different intention, mm-hmm. and then they come back or call back or whatever and say, I I didn't even have to do. I thought there was going to be a lot of work for me. But something in the past changed clearly, and then it shifted mm. Ooh, the it consciousness yeah. of the present moment, so that you could you felt more effortless or more ease in shifting your thinking on something, so that then there's a, a change. Yeah. But I wouldn't say that that's just all on one level. That's layers to me oh, of yeah. consciousness. That's it's layers of consciousness. Um, to go back to what we were talking about earlier, you definitely have to get in alignment with your deep self you to do, do that. Mm-hmm. You have to be in a good space because once you're in this, pl- once you're in this place, you're also in a place of pure potential where anything mm-hmm. can happen yes. and often does. <laughs> <laughs> so that is true too. <laughs> so where can we get these? Can we can we buy these? It's not a deck. Life Force Tarot is a, basically it's a magical system. I do teach it from time to time. Okay. I teach sort of a brief uh, version of just the magical part of it in, um, 
in the one or two evening class that's come to be called tarot and natural magic. Okay. Because it is natural magic. It's it's working with what is. It's a it's a very it's very simple. With it doesn't what invo- it doesn't involve a whole lot of accessories. Although tarot decks are just just seem to go along with it pretty well. <laughs> and then there is a larger a larger body of this that involves involves the lore of the tarot practical use of the tarot that involves a lot of things around it seeing and perceiving energy seeing and perceiving energetic beings within this world using the tarot for meditation to go into other Mm. worlds to connect with the archetypes that we find in the major arcana and sometimes in the minor arcana to use tarot for deep magic but also to go into the basis of how to actually help people with tarot and how to be flexible with it, how to, how to stay within the structure when it's need be, and how to deviate from the structure and know when to do that. And also the ethics behind all that, how to use it to help people, not to the way there are some who use these things to manipulate, to deceive, to, um, to extort large quantities of money from people. Yeah, it's no. not about that. No. It's not about no. it. Yeah, we do a service. And if you do a service, it's okay to get paid for it. But it, you know, not to the point where you're going to hawk something. People. Right. Yeah, the, you know, the, the standard thing is like doing the reading. You, you, we've heard about, I've known people who've gone through this. Somebody does the reading for them and then says, oh, but there's a curse on you. Oh, or, no. or right. somebody's right. working yeah. against you. Um, yeah. we can burn a candle for that. You know, the small candle, you know, that's only $60. It's not so effective. <laughs> but the tall candle, the $500 candle, that's the that's one. Prices might have gone up. And a lot of... And, and <laughs> Probably have. Yeah. You, 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 can, you can recognize a lot of yeah. the places that do this. They're the empty storefronts. And now they're... O- just discovered this recently. They're offering very expensive chakra balancings at these places, oh, too. Oh, good no. It's like your chakras are in the misaligned. But we can do the 250 yeah. balancing if you come in for... You know. Anyway, that's the way, some of the ways that people abuse this kind right. of thing. Right. But not the peoples I surround myself with. Not the people no. we surround <laughs> no, ourselves absolutely. with. There, 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 there is an ethical way to use all these things. Just as there are, um, ju- just as you know, there are people who do ethical me- medicine, and then there was you know the people in World War II who are doing horrible experiments at concentration camps. Mm-hmm. It doesn't reflect on the entire healing field. It just means that how you use you things. Can how, you can yeah, abuse. You can, you, you can use and you can abuse. Yes. So watch me segue. Um, yes. So <laughs> now this, I love your philosophy. So if I wanted to take a class or if I wanted a reading from you, <laughs> where could I find you? Okay. And do you have upcoming events? Yes. Do I have upcoming events? We have upcoming events. By the way, my, my wife and I, we do music. That's right. Um, yes. We have a, uh, a, a sound, it, it, it's, it's sound healing, but it's also fairy journeying oh my they're, god they're oh, okay. it, it, all, all all in one it's, it's called the mists of oran Mor. oh yes mists all of right. oran Mor. Or, oran Mor. o-r-a-n second word more m-o-r mm-hmm. oran Mor just it's gaelic for the great song it's the great song of the cosmos mm-hmm. and we do those events around the pasadena area also out in upland 
usually at yoga centers and healings, healing arts centers. You can find our Facebook page, Mists of Order and More. We, on the events page there, we list everything that's coming up. Could you do an event at somebody's house? Like we have. Okay. Yeah, we Good have done. Know. We have. We've done. We've done hmm. birthday parties. We've done. You know, yeah. We've done <laughs> private events. It's. Uh, it's okay. a lot of fun. Um, and then, so we would find you there, or do you have another you, you website? Could find, you could find me there. Usually, for contact for contacting us, you could uh, contact contact well contact us. You could contact. Us for the Miss of Oramor, you can contact me for uh, fairy events. We also do fairy magic circles out in, mm-hmm. lately it's out in Upland at a place called Waking Universe, Ooh. which oh, is yeah. a very magical place. And the people that Lovely. run it are deeply connected with fairy as well as with modern psychic research. It's, Ooh, nice. Um, there, there, there's a lot of lot Great going to on hear in there. About. They also do film production out there. It's a mm-hmm. pretty interesting place. And so that's where the fairy magical circles are. Um, that's where I've lately been teaching the life force tarot energetics mm. full two month courses. And uh, good things are happening. Lots of fun yeah. stuff. So, 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 so could find, you can find Miss of Oramore. You can also find for more fairy oriented stuff, there's a Facebook page called Fairy Initiation. And that's F A E R I E initiation one of the older spellings of fairy and then for more tarot oriented stuff i have a page dennis george rudolph life force tarot energetics there you go (laughs) we'll be wonderful yeah wonderful oh one one more thing if if people want to contact me directly yes dennis george rudolph at gmail.com oh there you go great and we plan to put this all on our description so there we go yes we have that so uh is somebody going to do a tarot tarot card reading? Do you want to? I was thinking, like, I shall defer to my tarot teacher. You could read for Sheila Marie. Um, Sheila Marie always loves. <laughs> Sheila Marie's secrets are about to become very, very public. Oh, yeah. I'm an open I've always uh, been an open wanted, book. So that's up but, to you. A card um, that Fairy would want us to... Oh, that's a good one. That's a, actually... There we go. So, so yes... Let's draw a card that um, the Fae would want us okay. to see and okay. understand. Give me a moment on this one. Okay. There it is. Oh, yeah, yeah. I love when that happens. Oh, oh. There she is. So. Oh, my goodness. High Priestess. She flew high, out of there. The high priestess. The high priestess. Dizzy as can be. Okay. The, set, the second arcanum in the major arcana. Mm-hmm. Arcana, just arcanum, just an old word meaning secret. Arcana, plural, secrets. So the major arcana, the big secrets. The high priestess in the tarot represents goddess energy, represents the feminine archetype, represents yin Among many other things, you can go in so many directions and so deep with the High Priestess. She is lunar energy, the moon, the fifth fairy element, moonlight. She is intuition. She is female intuition. Whether you're male or female, she is 
the way of contacting your deeper inner self, the way of contacting fairy, the way of contacting goddess, the way of contacting source. She is the one who hides the secrets and reveals them. She is the one who veils the waters of the unconscious mind and pulls the veils aside. She is the one who sits between the pillars of creation and destruction, between the light and the dark, the right and the left, the up and the down. She, she cruises the light and shadow, in other words. <laughs> she cruises the light and shadow. Sorry, I had to fit that in. Thank you. <laughs> She's the lunar lady. She has the phases of the moon on her crown. She has mm-hmm. the moon at her feet. She's the past, the present, and the future. And she's very much pointing the way to your soul, pointing the way to fairy. Mm. She's saying, use some tarot terms, she's saying set aside the sword's mind. Sword's mind is the rational, analytical mind. It's useful. It's useful. But when you're going into the inner realms of the soul, you have to go with the cup's mind. So... Because the sword's mind slices, divides, sees things as linear, sees things as straight ahead, mm. makes sudden turns. It's sword's mind is good for defining and analyzing, but it's only one way of looking at things. So when you're connecting with the deep inner realms, when you're connecting with soul, when you're connecting with fairy, when you're connecting with goddess and feminine intuition and female wisdom, you're connecting with the cup's mind. You're connecting with what some call the right side of the brain. You're connecting with the heart. You're connecting with your deeper soul. Once you come back from fairy, if you like, you can bring the sword's mind back into it. You can analyze it if you like. Be careful of um, accidentally invoking some of the... Uh, magic killing spells there are spells that are very effective for killing magic there's one that people use quite a bit and that's they say things like it's just a whatever ah, it's just a coincidence oh it's just my, my imagination it's just <sighs> something it's just but a dream never it's happen. just and and mm. these things mm. sound so logical when they say them and yet if you look at the etymology of the word coincidence go ahead break it down co with incident something happened something happened with something else says nothing about causality lack of causality synchronicity or anything else all it just says is something happened with something else it's not an explanation at all imagination imagination has been derogated to the the bottom of the barrel in modern pseudoscientific reasoning the best scientists know better than this but a lot of popular um, people thinking about science, they think, you know, there's the scientific way, and then if I use this other way of thinking about it, that's just my imagination. Hmm. Imagination mm-hmm. is the clear senses. It's the way yes. we perceive yes. in the inner realm. Mm-hmm. William Blake basically said that what we perceive with the imagination, that is the reality. That is the deeper reality. Everything out here is just a later reflection of that. And there is a lot to be gleaned from tapping into that. This is what the high priestess is communicating today. What do you think? Uh, (laughs) I agree. (laughs) Well, that's as I was driving in, the phrase ran through my head. There's no coincidences. (laughs) And I was like, why did that pop into my head? (laughs) There you go. That's very, yes. 
I, uh, what you just said, I've I heard yesterday and today. There have been several things I've been I heard yesterday and I'm hearing today. Um, so things are coming back around. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, she's she's flow. She's the past, present, and the future, and she sits between the shadow and the light, where there is pure mm-hmm. balance and pure understanding. You can you can get to the heart of things from coalescing and working through your shadow and your light. It's a powerful place to be. Yeah, awesome. beautiful. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much, Dennis, for being here. Thank you. Yes, and you do have to come back. There's yes, we have so much more to talk about. <laughs> you're a yes, you're a compendium for sure of knowledge. That's I've always known that. Mm. Um, so um, we're going to go ahead and close. I thought, yeah, because um, that, that yeah. was perfect. Yeah, Thank you so much. Everything we needed yeah. right there. Wow, that was amazing. Thank you so much for being here with us. Thank you, Sheila and Anna. Thank you, Paul Preston, for being our engineer. Thank you, David Shostak and Flute Sonics for your music. And Allison Warner for your help um, with social media and technical things. (laughs) (laughs) All things, other things technical. (laughs) Thank you, listeners, for joining us in Cruising in the Light and Shadow. My name is Anana Moon. I'm Sheila Kichamarie, reminding you that love is everywhere. Our lives touch everyone and everything. Please go forth in love. Sat Nam. <laughs> <laughs>